Welcome to the Persuasion Pitch Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, licensed esthetician, makeup artist, and anti-MLM advocate. You go shopping at Walmart, Costco, Sam's Club, and other places, and you see someone who is demonstrating a product, an amazing product. Did you guys know that these people do not actually work for the store? There are some red flags that you can look for, like their own signage they use, they're giving out a free gift, etc. If you have not seen the documentary on YouTube called The Slave Circle, I highly recommend it. But I have the director of that documentary on with me today. Spoiler alert, these companies will sign up anyone with a pulse. Hey everyone, so I'm sitting here with Alex and I'm so excited to have you on. So like I told you before we were recording, the first, like one of the very first YouTube videos I ever came across was the one that you did. Um, so, and it's great. I actually rewatched it again this morning so I could like refresh my memory on it and I'll leave everything a link down below for people who have not watched it yet. Um, so thanks for being one. Sure. Thank you, Jessica. This is fun. Yeah. Um, so, and you were on Roberta's podcast not long ago. Um, I was, yes. Yep. Yeah. So it's crazy. Whenever I watched that, um, you know, you talked about the bite model and everything, and I referenced that a lot within the anti-MLM movement and just talking about cults in general. Um, what made you decide to even do this documentary? Well, it was kind of something that I never planned to do. Um, So I got out of Smart Circle in November of 2014. Mm -hmm. And uh, earlier that year, um, I released my first film uh, called Stagnant Hope. It's not about MLMs at all, but it was a project that I had been working on for a few years. And I finally, while juggling my my smart circle life, I was finally able to finish it. So I published it. And now that I had, I was out of smart circle and I had a chance to breathe and do things that I actually wanted to do again, I was thinking, okay, well, now what do I want my next project to be? And for some reason, I, I, I even remember how it was. I was standing in my kitchen and it was like a little voice. I don't know. I can't even describe it that said, you know, you should do like a smart circle documentary but then I'm like oh you know it's that's going to be a lot of work and I don't even know where to begin and whatever but for some reason I just kept coming back to it because at the time I really didn't perceive it as being like a cult or anything sinister Mm -hmm. I really just I burned out or I toasted and that was it I was ready to just move on with my life but then I started digging a little bit and all the connections started to come into place, like the bite model, like um, Robert Fitzpatrick's work with Pyramid Scheme Alert, and all these different characteristics matched what I had just gotten out of for 15 months of my life in Smart Circle. Um, And I realized there really wasn't a lot of information out there about Smart Circle. 
And I started thinking more about how, well, when you're in it, you perceive it one way, but now that you're out of it, you perceive it a completely different way. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it just, it started from was just finding all these different things that I hadn't thought about before and realizing that, you know, smart circle. And then through my research, I came across the other parent companies, Credico, Sidcor, Apco, Cobra Group more people have probably, or at least as many people have probably been affected by or had their lives altered by these MLMs than just as much as say Herbalife or LuLaRoe mm -hmm. or any of these other ones, but you right. don't hear about these because primarily a lot of people aren't familiar with them. Right, right. And I mean, it, it's definitely a rabbit hole. <laughs> That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm also in the film industry and I have been since 2016, 2000. I'm sorry. No, I don't know. It's been a while. But yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've always, I always wanted to do a documentary on MLMs, but I never, you know, went for it just because it's, it is a lot of work. Um, so it's just it's interesting because I was also sucked into an MLM and now I look back on it and I'm like, ugh, you know, like I was so stupid, but I got to tell people don't, you know, this, you are a victim and people are victims to this and I preach it. So I really shouldn't yeah. say that about myself. Um, when someone's shopping at like Sam's Club or Walmart and I do remember, like I never knew that that was an MLM or anything like that. I just figured this was a company who employs the people. And yes, they are definitely pushy. And, you know, I just want to keep walking. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's so like with the um, like the fear of missing out and all of that type of thing, how like when you were in it, when did red flags start to go off to you? Honestly, they really didn't. Um, and, and if they did, they were pretty much just ignored. Um, because I remember probably the one thing that sticks out to me, and I, I know I mentioned this in the film, is when I was in the interview process, they had talked about how they were only hiring a few people and they were wrapping up the interview process soon. But when you get into these offices, you'll realize that the receptionist, the admin is always on the phone. They're always setting up phone calls for interviews. It, and that interview process never ends. And I realized that, but I never questioned it. Mm -hmm. I was just, I don't know why. I just never thought to question it. Um, and, you know, anyone who's ever been in, not just Smart Circle, but any of these MLMs know it, it is kind of a, a drug-ish quality to it. You know, if, if you feel good about what you're doing, if you feel positive, and that's why they they overload you on positivity, then you're less likely to question it when things um, are maybe kind of weird or maybe not how you thought they'd be. And that's right. exactly what happened with me. So honestly, I didn't question. Uh, there, there really weren't that many red flags. Um, Another time I can think of, I was in the, in the elevator of the office building where we were working and another one of my colleagues was talking about the travel allowance that we would get. And she talked about how it was taxed and how she said it shouldn't be taxed. And again, that was just something I was just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, it just didn't right. register to me. It wasn't a big deal to me mm -hmm. because I was being successful. 
Uh, and then even when I stopped being successful, even as I was on my way out and I was really struggling, I just pretty much chalked it up to me just not having what it took or just being burnt out. I really didn't think of it as a scam um, until, like I said before, I started, I got out and I started researching it and all the pieces started to come together. Right. The psychological aspect that goes into this is huge. I mean, it's so interesting. It's so deep, but it's all about like psychology and how like they meticulously plan how they, um, how they train you. And like the, I remember seeing like how you're supposed to reach your hand out to shake it like for a male or a female, just things like that. It's, it's really cool. Um, but it's, yeah, uh, it's also insane how they have it all planned out like this. Um, it's really mind blowing actually. Um, so uh, with the travel allowance and it being taxed, I mean, whenever regular normal employers, whenever you get like the per diem, whenever you drive, like that's not taxed um, because I worked for a company that paid me mileage and paid me, you know, paid, you know, a daily allowance and everything. And I, and I know that I was not taxed for that. So I do see them, you know, questioning that for sure. Um, So when was your like aha moment like i know that you said you were struggling but you were blaming yourself right because that's what they do is they tell you they say you know it's just because you didn't work hard enough you need to be doing more and more and more and more um you know it's it's really sad because like then you blame yourself and you're like i'm not you know i'm just not working hard enough i'm not um you know doing things right i need to work harder and like you're right like the burnout because you're constantly going and going and going and trying so hard. Uh, when did, like, what ultimately made you decide to say, I'm done with this? So for probably over a month or so, my, my numbers were really struggling in terms of selling stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it got to a point where um, I was working pretty much every day solo shifts. So I was mentally exhausted, physically exhausted. And I was at, you know, straight up autopilot, like just getting to the office every day, which was over an hour drive, getting, going through the the morning meetings, going to the stores and just doing all of that. It it was just autopilot at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, it got, it really got to the point where I didn't care that I wasn't selling. You know, I was just there collecting a paycheck and it wasn't, it wasn't a lot but it was something that I lived on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd talked a couple times with my manager about you know, my, my numbers and things like that. And, and then I requested off a weekend and it was, it was under the guise of filming a wedding, but it, I just wanted the weekend off. There was nothing <laughs> I was doing. Right. Uh, I actually had a week a wedding to film the next weekend. You needed a break. A story. Yeah, I did. I needed a break. So, um, so the, one of the ways that the people in Smart Circle uh, let you know that your job is on the line is they will refrain from sending you next week's schedule. So I was waiting for next week's schedule. I think this was like Saturday night or maybe Sunday night. I don't know. And I never got it. Hmm. 
And usually it was there by like eight or nine o'clock and it was like nine 30, nothing, 10 30, nothing, 11 o'clock, nothing. And I, I thought to myself, wow, he, he didn't send me the schedule, you know? So that's the passive way of saying, you know, you, you're, you're pretty much going to lose your job. So he called me the next day and he was driving somewhere. Cause he also had to be going, you know, constantly 12 hours a day. So he called me. And uh, I, I knew why he called me. He was going to give me what they call the bottom line conversation, which is this is the bottom line. This is what you need to do. Otherwise, we're going to let you go. And um, before he even, you know, said any of that, he pretty much said, uh, or, you know, maybe this just isn't for you, which is a very common trope in this operation is not for everybody. Okay. And before I could even really think about it, I, I kind of thought to myself, hmm, this is a way out, you know, and I took it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, I think we're just going to call it a day. And that was that was literally it. That's how I left Smart Circle after 15 months. But the thing about it was I felt no fear of because technically now I was unemployed and you don't get unemployment benefits when you leave these places. So I was, I was technically unemployed, but I was not fearful. I was not like dreading, or now I have to look for another job. It, it literally was a feeling of relief. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, literally every day since that day, my life has been better. And I'm so grateful that I did take that out. And I wasn't like, oh, you know, just give me another chance or, you know, give me one more week or anything like that. Because based on what I've learned, especially the past three years, it gets so much worse the higher up you get. So the more successful, quote unquote, successful you are in this operation, the worse your life gets. So I'm, I'm so grateful that I got out when I did. Right. Yeah, because I mean, you were probably, it's such a sigh, sigh of relief because you were so freaking tired mm -hmm. and um so y'all don't get or y'all didn't get hourly or salary or anything right well that depends on the the parent company that you work for now when i worked for my smart circle offices we actually did have an hourly rate and how okay. it was presented to us was it's hourly or performance based whichever is greater at the end of the week so if we had a really good sales week and our numbers were greater than our hourly rate, then we would get the commission percentage. If we had an off week, then we still had that, as they call it, a safety net there. So we were still making money, but it was just, a, I think it was the federal minimum wage. It wasn't anything you know major, but I know that um, a lot of the SIDCOR companies, which are primarily like going door to door, uh, previously selling like DirecTV and Sam's Club or, you know, Verizon Fios and things like that. Those are almost all strictly commission-based. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on which MLM parent company you're working for. Right. Uh, they're going to have different rules. Right. And I'm sure the hourly wage wasn't like a crazy amount. <laughs> no, no. It, like, I'm pretty sure mine was the federal minimum, but you know, apparently like when you open your own office, you can control how much you want to pay your employees for the hourly rate, but it's oh. almost always going to be either minimum or right above minimum. And that's usually because these offices don't make a lot of money, especially right. at the beginning. Um, and 
they, they can't really afford to pay their employees anything more than that. Right. And this is different, but also alike with MLM companies. But that reminds me of like Primerica, like they have an office and I hate Primerica. So I hate them all, but so they have an office and then also Herbalife storefronts. They have what looks like a legitimate business, rainbow yes. vacuum cleaners. It, they, this looks like a legitimate business just because they have an actual storefront. Yes. And that is so dangerous. It's so dangerous yeah. because it's so deceiving. Um, mm-hmm. I did hear that with Herbalife, everyone who made like everyone who works there, they don't make an hourly wage or anything. They are actually signed up as a distributor and then or they make like yeah. a little bit off of each shake that they make or each tea that they make. And then it all made sense to me. That's why the people who quote unquote work there um, are posting constantly on social media telling people to come in and yeah. you know and that's why so um i mean the documentary is so it's such a great documentary um i just looked and it has over half of a million views and i thought yeah. it was gonna be even way more than that honestly um i saw where it's like so i wrote this down i wrote copy cheat steal I don't know which area of the documentary I got that from, but they literally tell you guys to say, well, the woman, if you're talking to a woman, the woman just left and she bought like 10. Well, that, so do you want 10 today or do you want one today? You know, and that's that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Um, It's just insane to me. Like there's a lot that goes into these scripts. Yes. And everything. like you said, the psychological manipulation, it, it's not just the, the people that are in the MLMs, it's the, it's the customers that you're trying to sell to on a daily right. basis. It's the exact same techniques, nothing's right. different. But yeah, that's, um, if you really break down the scripts and it's not just the in-store scripts, it's, it's the door-to-door because there are so many different tentacles to these operations. So yeah, it's, if you go to Sam's Club, Costco, Meyer, Walmart, you see somebody either doing a group presentation or they come up and try to offer you a new product, that's that's this. Mm-hmm. Then there's going door to door, selling either a new electrical plan or save money on your water bill, or it depends on what area of the country you live in. So all of that is Smart Circle, Credico, Sidcore. It's just one giant MLM with different parent companies. Um, but yeah, the entire pitch, regardless of the product or service, is full of psychological manipulation. So the, um, and that phrase, yeah, copy, cheat, steal, that is just, the, the, the greater amount of time you spend in, in these companies, you will speak the language of these companies. And that's part of it. You will hear the business, quote unquote, business owners all over the country saying, this is a copy, cheat, steal business. If you see or talk to network with somebody who's doing something well, then you take that for yourself. If it works for them, it can work for you, right? right? And and supposedly everybody around the country is just doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the different psychological techniques of of the pitch, you know, saying doing the high price, low price, forty dollars. Now it's only twenty bucks because bucks sounds 
less formal. Bucks doesn't sound as expensive as dollars. Mm -hmm. It's just little things yeah, like that. So true. Um, and these are things that you learn your first week in the office because uh, they call them the systems. And there are four different systems. Mm -hmm. Five steps to a conversation. Fuji, F-U-G-I, the uh, eight great working habits and law of averages. So if you go into an office and you hear any of the any of that lingo, then you are about to enter an MLM. Right. So you want to be very, very careful, proceed with caution. But yeah, all of those those systems are just filled with these psychological techniques that a talk people into purchasing a product that they don't want or signing up for a service that they don't need or and that will probably cost them more mm -hmm. in the long run. Um, or get them to to donate to a charity that ultimately is not going to get that money. It's going to stay within that system uh, unless you do like when you're on that automatic debit for maybe two years, then maybe the charity will start to see something. But <laughs> and the reference that you mentioned, yeah, um, you know, the last lady picked up 12 of these or the last guy picked up three for gift ideas. That's all made up. You know, that that right. never happened. If it, if it did happen, if it did happen, maybe, you know, two weeks ago, you had a guy pick up three, mm -hmm. but you know, it, it wasn't the last guy that was just here. You know, mm -hmm. he probably walked right past me without even wanting to talk to me. So yeah, it's all manipulation. Right. And so, and like, I wonder if somebody said, okay, well, that's just straight up lying. Like, I'm sure that they justify it some type of way. Like, oh, well, it's not really lying if, I don't know. I'm sure there's some type of way they could twist it to where, and like you said, you didn't even question it. So I guess people don't question it. Yeah, and how it was presented, I, I remember this very clearly, was we pretty much have to, t the people that we encounter on a daily basis in the stores, um, they don't know about our products. Our job as marketers right? Because we were told we're not salespeople, we're mm -hmm. marketers, which is a blatant lie. Right. Um, we're representing clients that don't have a lot of clout. These are clients, these are products that these people have probably never heard of before. So it's our job to paint a good picture and to make them want our products. They don't know they want or need our products until they talk to us. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Of course, another thing they don't mention is that in terms of the product lines, like the you go to Sam's Club and someone tries to get you to buy a hair iron or um, a kitchen utensil or those reusable muscle packs, mm -hmm. Smart Circle owns all of those products. Mm -hmm. So you're not supporting like a new client that just came out of nowhere. No, Smart Circle has purchased the rights to those products. And now you're just selling a cheaply made from China smart circle product yeah. and even the the um the tech aspects of this smart circle sidcore credico they have contracts with verizon and t-mobile and uh, all these all these tech companies at&t to be in these stores mm -hmm. and to go door to door so you know it's not even strictly AT&T or Verizon, it's, yeah, they've entered into contracts with these third-party companies and everybody has to get their piece of the pie. And who ultimately gets the smallest piece of the pie are the people doing the actual work in, the hard in work. horrifying conditions most of the time. 
Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the ones who are pushing people like pushing to sell things. Um, it's really scary that they have contracts with these businesses, um, with the working conditions that you mentioned, I mean, can they be reported to anyone? I mean, what happens with that? You know, there are so many, um, probably legal loopholes mm -hmm. that these guys have, have been able to exploit. Um, you know, I really don't know what even the first step would be because I've had, I've had some people who list who watch the film and have seen the, the follow-up series. And they say that they've gone to their local Sam's club and talked to the manager about who these people are. And that manager said that they had no idea basically. Um, whether that's true or not, we, we don't know. But mm -hmm. another thing to remember, of course, is that these stores that bring in these third parties, they also get a cut of the profit. Mm -hmm. So when I, was, when I was in Sam's Clubs and I sold $1,000 worth of merchandise, well, 20% of that right off the bat goes to Sam's Club. So okay. again, everybody's getting a piece of the pie. So right. it makes financial sense for... Sam's Club, Walmart, Costco, Meyer, Kroger, uh, Albertsons to bring these these vendors in to mm -hmm. the stores. Right. But you know, from a from a human from an ethical standpoint, um, you know, being in the store does give you a sense of credibility. Right. But you're pretty much scamming people, whether exactly. it's selling them a cheap product that is is going to underperform doesn't matter how you advertise it it's not going to work as well as you say it will mm -hmm. or you're making them sign up for a new cell phone contract and you make the deal sound so good that they do it but they don't realize well now wait a minute you got to pay a cancellation fee on your current plan right and eventually within probably a couple months you're going to end up paying more on this new plan anyway but they make it sound so good and everything is impulse. They don't want you to think about this. That's why there's that reference. You know, we're only here for a short time. The last guy picked up three. Did you need three or one? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this offer from Verizon is only good this week. They don't want you to, to think about it. They don't want you to, to go home and weigh the pros and cons or price check or do And read research. the fine print that's exactly. in there somewhere. Yeah, it's all impulse based. And that's right. something you'll hear in every office too, is we drive impulse, impulse, impulse. It's to sell something that sounds too good to be true. So people are essentially throwing their money at, at this product or service. Right. And that's the only way that this business um, runs. All right. So if it seems good to be true, and I always say this, it most likely is too good to be mm -hmm. true. Um, yeah, exactly. There is no telling how much it really costs to bring uh, like one of these items to market. I know that one MLM, it's like 10 cents to bring this certain item to market and they mm -hmm. sell it for like $52, $54. So, I mean, the markup is crazy um, because mm -hmm. you do have to pay a cut. And that's, you know, what um, that's a like with an MLM because you do have to pay people cuts. And I, and I also had a thought, like, why don't people just like draft up a letter and give it to, um, you know, like send it to Sam's Club or Walmart or whatever and let them know how unethical it is. But then going back, they probably don't care. Well, they don't, they don't care how unethical it is because at the end of the day, it's making them money. So, Correct. you know, in all your morals, uh, 
people's morals, they go out the window and, you know, I don't, I say money doesn't talk, money screams. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are going to go after what makes money and they don't care if it's um, unethical or whatever, um, as long as, you know, they are making, I bet, I mean, I wonder if like someone got hurt at the store like while they were selling this stuff and like mm. if they would who would pay pay them workmen's they wouldn't even get workman's comp no so. there's no workman's comp right a any anything that you would find in a legitimate business that has legitimate human resources you will not find here right. that's why like there, if you get hurt there is no workman's comp it's it's on you that's why there is rampant sexism there is, is rampant racism. There is rampant any ism you could think of, discrimination, horrifying working conditions, uh, unwanted sexual advances, drug use, uh, alcohol abuse, anything you could think of, it takes place in these offices. Wow. And the thing to remember though, too, is that when you open your own office, you have all this paperwork you have to sign. And one of the things you're signing over is le your legitimate power of attorney. Um, and these companies, Smart Circle, Credico, Sidcor, they control your office. They might say, well, you own your own business. That's a blatant lie. Because right. if you actually owned your own business, no one from the top would be able to come in and shut you down. And you would have like a legitimate owned company. <laughs> yep. You'd be able to decide what clients product. and what products you want to sell. You don't, you don't get any of that. Yeah. Right. And, but if something legal happens, like there have been, all you have to do is do a little minor research and look into lawsuits against Smart Circle and Sidcore and Credico. There are, have been probably hundreds, if not more, by this point. But it's always the individual uh, managers that take the fall because within all of that paperwork, you're essentially telling Sidcore, you're telling Smart Circle, well, I'm going to sell your products and services or services that you're contracted to sell, but I'm basically the, the legal, taking the legal brunt of anything that goes wrong. So it's a way for the CEOs of these, these parent companies to continue to make money while to be able to wash their hands of any possible legal ramifications of anything that could go wrong. Right, and that is so scary. Um, I did have someone tell me a while back um, that, you know, even if you go and you sign a paper and even if you get it notarized and the whole nine, if you have enough money, you can still take that person to court and sue them. But these companies have a lot more money than, you know, <laughs> than the people mm -hmm. that are, quote, working for them. So, right. you know, like if someone slips and falls, like in Sam's Club, um, when, like, let's say that you're selling something with liquid, you slip and fall, like you can't sue Sam's Club, yeah. but that's, that's, medical bills at least i'm here in the states i know i have listeners from all over um mm -hmm. we don't have free health care but mm -hmm. yeah so i mean it's outrageous so that is a lot of money and a lot of liability that you are taking upon yourself and for pennies yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. i don't think it's, people don't think about things like that i do i'm super tight with my money so I mean, <laughs> I think about things like that. And sure. also whenever I do 
see like a salesperson i try to like keep walking like i'm the worst customer to target the worst because i'm like i'm not falling for it like whenever they yeah. try to like hand you something i'll just let it fall on the floor or something or i'll just like drop mm -hmm. it like i'm not um <laughs> but yeah it's with everything they like i'm sure even like i guess y'all have like the little kiosk or whatnot they even like say like there's probably psychological i'm sure there's psychological things that go into like wearing where you place that um little area of where you're selling something yeah um I mean, that's going to depend on the on the store primarily, but it, it's going to be usually a high traffic area. Mm -hmm. um, if you're selling, you know, some type of food product, of course, you're going to be back near the, fr the freezer and refrigerator section. Mm -hmm. um, I know when I when I had people in the offices that were selling the car wax, that was like right by the front door. Um, so, yeah, there is definitely some strategy to that the uh, the direct tv or the the cell phone people were always right like the main like the the uh, the main aisle near the entrance um and i know like i've seen i've seen these people in target too where they're selling cell phones and cell phone plans and stuff in targets and they're they're just in the technological section toward the mm -hmm. back of the store usually right. hanging out with a clipboard trying to talk to every person that comes by saying they're giving away a free phone is it really free no it's not Nothing's you know you free. have to meet certain qualifications yeah right um, but they'll use those they'll use a lot of those buzzwords, you know, free gifts. If you ever hear an announcement at a store and say they're giving away a free gift, um, you might legitimately get something for free, but you're also going to be roped into a product demo. Right. And that's what, what so you're paying for do. it ultimately. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they put it at the front of the store because whenever you enter the store, you have no choice but to walk by these people. So that gives a great opportunity right. to grab you know this per whoever's attention yep. <laughs> it really it reminds me it's so funny okay so my, one of my friends she asked me to um to have a demo for the rainbow vacuum and this was not mm -hmm. too long ago this was actually before i knew it was a, so it was it was like oh like three and a half years ago right before i got into the anti-mlm movement so mm -hmm. she's like because if they do three demos then they can get their vacuum cleaner for free so i'm oh, like okay, okay i will well i was like i don't have carpet and she's like well uh, you know um and you have to be married and you have to sell these things um so you have to be a homeowner you can't rent anyway yeah so the guy did come over oh my gosh i i told him i'm like we don't want the vacuum we're not paying for the vacuum and he just kept on and i did everything besides basically say get the hell out of my house yeah. i'm done with you i'm done with you i'm done with you then he, he pulls out this thing and he has like all these like laminated papers if you do this this and this and then if you do this you get a cruise and all this stuff i'm like i'm not buying it I, i'm not buying the shit. like get it mm -hmm. through your head and my husband was like gosh that was mean i was like well i'm not buying it like yeah. he's doing all of them like you're making more work on yourself i'm not buying it i'm not going to pay thousands of dollars for a freaking vacuum cleaner like what mm -hmm. you know and that's when they say oh but if you get three of your friends you know but so then i have to go harass my friends over this shit. right I'm over it and i'm done <laughs> I'm not buying it i'm not buying it just stop you know but i'm um i tend to get pretty aggressive with that. Like I said, I am not a good customer when it comes to that because yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and um, unfortunately, with with these MLMs that we're talking about today, you are conditioned to expect that, and it's it's a normalized work condition. Mm -hmm. So if you're going door to door, and you get like someone that sicks their dog on you, oh, that's that's gonna happen. You get someone that slams a door, literally slams a door on your face. Oh, that's gonna happen. It's so sad it, for them. Yeah, and they're just and doing the, and, their job. Bless their heart. Yeah. And then they're doing their job because they've been sold a dream. Yeah, it's that sad. if you work hard enough, you will get all of these great things in life. And usually what they do is they will prey on young individuals. So college students or college graduates who have zero work experience that have no idea what a real legitimate job, a real legitimate workplace is like. Mm -hmm. And they just assume, oh, well, this must be what, what working is. No, it's not. Yeah. And that's really, and if I knew then what I know now, I would have sat him down and said, look, you're being taken advantage of, you know, I would have probably given him a whole anti-MLM lesson if I knew. And I think it's so important to let like college students and seniors in high school know yes. about the about this stuff because that is who they target because they're so young and they yeah. don't have a career yet um like even like getting some material typed up and printed out and giving it to like the school office not allowing mlms to go to job fairs that are yeah. being held at the colleges i just think that is so important and it just it needs to be done in order to make a difference um yeah because nothing's going to change unless mm. like the only way that this will ever stop is to educate the public that is it i mean unless like, you don't even have enough money to shut these people down because it goes so deep like we said but they've yeah paid off politicians even that's how crooked it is so yep. the only way is to educate and inform others on the risks and the dangers and let them know the red flags to look out for yeah and i think this is just yet another uh subject of many subjects that you could file under this is what should be taught in schools but is not taught in schools right among many other things mm -hmm. um and this is, you know, this is kind of a modern evil, like modern in the sense of, yeah, a lot of these MLMs have been around for 40, 50 years. Some others have been around for a lot longer, but it's still a relatively new phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, especially younger people, they don't know anything about this until right. they're deep into it. And that's, like you said, that's why they target young people. And unfortunately, a lot of these colleges, a lot of these universities, places that are supposed to be bastions of knowledge, mm -hmm. places that are supposed to be looking out for the best interests of these students who are paying an awful lot of money to be there. Right. They do have these, these independent marketing companies that, you know, they don't make any mention of Smart Circle, Credico, Sidcor. They say, well, we're an independent marketing firm. So they advertise that and these colleges welcome them into these job fairs. So they're, they're brought, literally these colleges are bringing them into college campuses. They're, so they're letting them advertise on college job boards. Right. Either they're unwilling to do the research to see if these people are legitimate or they're unable to do that research. Mm -hmm. And so you're not setting your students up for success. You're literally setting them up for failure right and in some cases 
horrifyingly severe financial failure by letting these people advertise through your through your school right like you're getting an education and this is what you're going to do with it so um my little boy he was right before covid hit he was working on um uh research thing of like the dangers of mlms and see he was in uh fourth grade when he was doing that so i have definitely set him up to know he is so anti-mlm he's almost 12 now but um (laughs) he's like mom i think there's a i think that's a pyramid scheme i think that's or so-and-so's mom sells rodian and fields or you know like (laughs) oh herbal life you know so i think it's really funny but also it's really good because he knows he will never my child will never fall for this crap because he has the tools. Um, That's I have great. definitely instilled it in him. And I also want to say that I guess COVID probably really affected those door-to-door sales. Yeah, to a degree. Um, I know I, I got messages from some people that said um, until there were like mandatory shutdowns, they were still out there. It, it, it didn't change anything. And, you know, I know COVID probably took out some of these offices, but I know many of them also applied for the loans that were available and they got them because, you know, just of how they present themselves as companies. So they got that money. (laughs) So, um, and, you know, like you said, they're always going, these things are always going to be there. And I think a lot of the responsibility for that are these companies that allow them so like all these tech companies AT&T Verizon T-Mobile even the charities you know as as horrible as this sounds the charities that that hire these third-party companies to collect for them obviously they're gaining something from it otherwise they wouldn't do it but Mm -hmm. is it really like these are legitimate charities I've talked to people that have collected for the Humane Society, for uh, for Planned International, for after-school backpacks, for uh, you know a bunch of different legitimate charities, not yeah. just in the U.S. but around the world. Mm-hmm. But 80, 90, 95% of that money that's uh, donated doesn't go to the charities at all. It goes to these third-party companies. So, so it's it's really just it, it's terrible that it is. Yeah, th- th- this is this continues to happen. But, you know, for, for every, every city whose quote unquote independent marketing company closed because of COVID, I'm sure another one or two or three have opened up already mm-hmm. because Smart Circle has contracts that they have to stop, uh, they have to staff these, these stores. Sidcor has contracts that they have to get people going door to door to try to sell these, these services. So as long as those contracts are there, these third-party companies are going to prey on people. They're going to prey on our college students and on our high school graduates. Right. So uh, and like you said, education is the only weapon. It, it definitely this. is the only weapon against all of this. Well, thank you so much for being on. And I'm going to link everything down below. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Jessica. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that everyone has a great rest of the day and a great, great rest of the week.